Welcome to the library, where the lost are found. This week, I bring you a story of love, betrayal, family, vengeance, and greed. This story was written by a young aspiring writer by the name of David Crackle. David sent me a rough draft of his story and wanted a little bit of advice. We went back and forth and with each other until he presented me with this, the third draft of the story of Rennes. It was a pleasure working with David for this project. He put in a lot of hard work, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. He was also very open to constructive criticism, which I think really helped build his world out and make his character stronger and more unique. This episode doesn't have any bad words, but it does have some violence. So, listen with care. So without further ado, here is the story of Rennes. Once upon a time, in the fiendish kingdom of Rennes, there was a princess who had just turned nineteen. She was unspeakably beautiful. Her figure was elegant in her flowing golden dress. Her hands were petite, with fingers tipped with long, claw-like nails, each painted a shimmering yellow to match her thick, illustrious hair that fell to her neck. She had spent all the kingdom's money on luxurious and gratuitous furnishings and clothing. My princess, her financier said nervously, his voice cracking as the words struggled to come out. It appears you... We are bankrupt. Bankrupt? Impossible, she said. Without batting an eye, she turned to the window and looked out over the market. She saw merchants selling bread, fruit, and other essentials along with a variety of miscellaneous goods. Look at all the peasants down there. If they have money to spend, they have money to take. I suppose we could raise taxes uh, again, but... The financier said in a quivering voice. He drew a deep breath and continued. Uh, I'll see it done. Expect an increase with next month's collection. Don't bother. I'll have Len take care of it. 
The financier jumped at his majesty's words. Wiping the beads of sweat from his forehead, he bowed before fetching Len. The most loyal of her subjects was her brother Len. It was a bloodline shrouded in secrecy that few in the kingdom were aware of. As twins, Rin and Len shared many of the same traits. His fair skin and vibrant yellow hair were often covered by elaborate crimson armor. When not clad in armor, he often wore the finest suits in the land. At Rin's direction, Len adorned his crimson armor, gathered his men, and took to the streets. After dividing the overburdened city amongst themselves, they moved swiftly and proficiently in their collections. As the guards patrolled the empty streets, they knocked on every door indifferently. Any unanswered knock was met with aggression and destruction as the sentries forced their ways in. When they do knock... It's time to pay, old man, said the guard. In one hand he held his sword. In the other, a coin purse. Please, cried Paul, an old retired farmer who had worked the fields forty years to provide food to everyone in Rennes. Before his back failed him, he saved a small nest egg that cracked when the collections became more and more frequent. In a frail, cracking voice, he quietly let out, I have nothing. Nothing? asked the guard with a scoff as he looked around. Paul reached into his pocket and found a single gold coin. With shaking hands, he held it up for the guard to take. The princess, said the emotionless guard, will not tolerate liars. With a single swing of his blade, Paul's head fell to the floor. The guard proceeded to ransack the old man's home. Linda was a single mother of three. Her husband was killed in battle years ago, in a war against the Red Kingdom of Canet. With the soldiers in the streets, she scrambled to hide her children. She had just shut them in the closet when she heard a knocking at the front door. You're short, he said sternly. Please, Linda cried as she fell to her knees. It's all I have. As the crimson collector reached around his body, the young mother flinched, fearing the worst. Her heart settled as Len pulled a coin from his satchel. Don't worry, he said as he added it to the collection. I would like to thank you personally for your loyalty to the kingdom. As Len proceeded to the next house, he ran into a young maid, causing her to drop the basket in her arms. I'm so sorry, said the young maid as she picked up her items. No harm done, said Len, taking notice of the maid's stunning green hair as he helped pick up some fallen bananas. 
Your green hair tells me you're from... Hmm. Combs Laville? The woman smiled softly. It was the most beautiful smile Len had ever seen. <laughs> well, yes, I, I guess you could say that. She extended her hand to Len, and he did the same. Marie, by the way, I'm always traveling, so I wouldn't say I'm from there more than anywhere else. The two of them talked for an hour before parting ways. As they said their goodbyes, something moved in Len's chest. Some might have even called it love. Len had no time for emotion, though. He still had taxes to collect. Once Len finished the task at hand, he returned to Rin with a chest of gold and trinkets. She was admiring a collection of fine jewelry, looking for the perfect piece. Sorry it took so long, said Len, bowing before handing over the money. Which necklace do you prefer? asked Rin, ignoring her brother's apology and the treasures he delivered. This one, said Len, pointing to a beautiful sapphire attached to a thin golden chain. I think he'll like it. For you see, despite the money and luxury, it was King Marlin of the Blue Toulon region that she truly desired. Unfortunately, the feeling was not mutual. King Marlin had no interest in a cold-hearted tyrant. He made sure the kingdom knew this during his most recent visit to Rennes, when he declared love for a young, green-haired maiden from combes Laville. This drove Rin into a blind rage. Overcome with jealousy, she called her ministers to give them a single request. I want war, said Rin sternly, looking at her council. I want the land of green, burned to the ground. Len stood silently. He knew this would not be her only order, and he was right. Bring me the head of that green-haired wench, said Rin, looking directly at Len. Lucky for Len, he knew the woman he sought had been in Rennes recently, no doubt traveling with Marlin for the day's meetings with his sister. The royal passports and travel documents supplied by them to the guards at the city's entrance would give Len all the information he needed to find them. He traveled far to the land of blue, but Marie... The green-haired beauty was not there. From Toulon, he made his way to the encampments near combes Laville, where his men were awaiting their orders. His travels led him through the Landis forest, where, by luck, he came across Marie. He watched and listened as she prayed near an old tree, its bark twisted and black. His heart pounded, 
and his breath grew short. He knew what must be done. Stealthily, with knife in hand, he approached her. Memories of her charm and radiant smile flooded his head. Reaching around, he covered her mouth with his large hand. He could sense her fear. By orders of my princess, said Len, choking back the tears. You must repent. With one swift motion, the blade glided across Marie's neck. His love for her poured from the open wound and pooled around her lifeless body. First, he wiped the blood from his knife. Then, the tears from his eyes. Marlin, wondering why it was taking so long for Marie to finish her prayers, went out to find his fiancée. Marie! he shouted before freezing in shock, staring at the body by the tree, cold, lifeless. No, no, no! Marie, come on, come on, get up! Get up! As he picked up her body, in a vain attempt to get her to a medic, he noticed a figure in the shadows. Its identity, a secret the darkness kept concealed. Marlin cursed the man sobbing by his murdered lover, not knowing the worst was yet to come. The morning came as Len led the princess's army into the peaceful city of Combs-Laville. They slaughtered everyone, man, woman, and child. Houses were burned to the ground. The streets ran red with innocent blood. As news and tales of the horrors of war traveled back to Rin, she remained unfazed. Instead, she sipped her exotic tea and smiled. King Marlin was infuriated by Rin's villainy. He knew she was unhinged, but never imagined the spiteful murder of his love. He never imagined war. Marlin, vowing revenge in the name of Marie came up with a plan to end Rin's tyranny once and for all. However, the kingdom of Rennes had an army stronger than any titan. It had strategists smarter than any scholar. The kingdom of Toulon would need help. Enlisting the aid of the Red Kingdom Lay Canet and their wise general Ruban, a counterattack was launched. The combined forces of Toulon and Le Canet were not alone in the war on Rennes. Most of the princess's own citizens took up arms in revolt as well. Tired of watching their livelihoods decline, they were primed for revolution. Marlin's men pushed through the front gates, 
while his allies scaled the city walls on all sides. Those who continued to support Rin saw their homes burned to the ground, and Rin's battle-weary, fatigued army was no match for the onslaught. As the city burned, there was only one member left of Rin's cowardly royal staff. She stood at her window and watched the siege. They say the devil is my lord, she said coldly, as she looked down at her fingers, each adorned with the finest jewelry. Perhaps that is true. If the masses say, the devil is your lord, said Len supportively, I must be a demon as well. The blood in your heart is the same as mine. Rin turned to her twin brother. Leave me here in Rennes, she said. This is the grave I have dug for myself. Do not let yourself become a victim of their wrath. Len did not want to leave, but was never one to disobey the orders of his majesty. The place was surrounded by the hungry and the angry. They tore down the castle gates. Cheers flooded the streets as they invaded the court. It was a merciless bloodbath as the princess's guards fell one by one. High in the tower of the castle keep, Rin waited. Resigned to her fate, she surrendered without a fight to those who had been severely mistreated on her behalf. Finally, King Marlin had what he had came for. Justice, liberty, and freedom for the citizens of Rennes. Stories used to be told of the men and women slaughtered by Princess Rin. Stories of traitors to the nation. Besieged by her own people and the people of other countries. But thanks to King Marlin, the history of Rennes is dead, and the future is yet to be written. Once upon a time, in the fiendish kingdom of Rennes, there was a princess who had just turned nineteen. She was unspeakably beautiful. Her figure was elegant in her flowing golden dress. She would spend the rest of her days in a prison cell, having lost everything. Even that was too good for this princess, however. Execution was the only fitting punishment. Justice will be served this day, King Marlin shouted as he pulled the lever of the guillotine. The blade came down swiftly, and the crowd roared 
as Rin's head fell from her body and into the bucket in front of her. Today, continued King Marlin, marks the beginning of a new era in Rennes, one of liberty and freedom. Now, the era of Rin is nothing more than a memory. For generations to come, we will tell stories of the princess of evil and her reign of terror.